0: Todd. Party on, Sal. Rock on. Rock on. Awesome. Well, welcome back, Party on Johncasters, Podcasters, to another episode of the Party on Johncast. This is the Reverend Sal Samarco, a validated minister, uh, teaching elder in the Presbytery of Newton,
1: uh, in the town of Newton. And I am Todd Laddick, an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church of Greater New Jersey. And I'm talking like that because I can't help myself. Sorry. I really can't help myself. Uh, I just had an oral procedure where my front tooth got removed. And uh, and now I have a fake tooth in that doesn't quite fit because my mouth is swollen. So it's pretty comical.
0: So don't mind the, the lispy S's.
1: Let's just say that um, if your blood pressure ever decides to drop, make sure you're in bed. Because when you're walking around, you tend to face face plant. Yeah. So. (laughs) Need I say more? Okay. (laughs) So that brings us. To our... Oh, no, it brings us to our... (laughs) I was going to say, we have a guest you can introduce (laughs) We do have a guest that I nearly uh, forgot to uh, introduce. Uh, That brings us to our guest.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Amanda Roars um, Dodge. I am a provisional elder in the United Methodist Church serving two small congregations in New Jersey.
1: Ooh. Ooh! I forgot to say that I'm serving in Newton, same town, same city, so city? to speak, as Sal, on higher ground. It's the only higher ground I give him. Uh, Except that God gives it to me because you right. believe in divine providence. For your <laughs> 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 Welcome, Annie Amanda. Calderon.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
1: As you can see, there has not only been tooth damage, but brain damage as well. (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) Now that brings us to our Hebrews segment. Hey, guys. Hey. How do you know that God likes coffee?
0: How? He wrote about it in the second book of Kurig oh, oh. oh.
1: Boom, boom. that's for you ryan <laughs> that's for you ryan actually it was the book of hebrews yeah yeah but but in the book of hebrews is the second book of Keurig. Keurig. Yeah. yeah. i see
2: but then i want to know why am i the one in my house who has to make the coffee if he brews
1: see mm. 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 a little foreshadowing going that's on right, here. maybe Ooh. Okay, so our guest is Amanda, so I think Amanda should go first. What are you drinking today, Amanda?
2: Oh, well, um, <clears throat> right now I'm drinking a lovely... What am I drinking, Todd? I forget. I threw Twinings away.
1: Irish Twining's breakfast Irish Breakfast Twining's Irish
2: Breakfast. You can yeah. never go wrong with an Irish breakfast. Although, if I had um, been planning ahead and remembered to grab my favorite tea from home, I would be saying that I... I'm really enjoying Hardy and... Wait, Hardy and Sons? That's the brand, right? Um, Hot Cinnamon Sunset.
1: Ooh, Mm -hmm. Hot Cinnamon Sunset. That sounds really good.
2: Really tasty. Mm. Cinnamon and orange peel and a black tea. I was going to
1: say that. sounds like it would smell good. Oh,
2: it's incredible. I highly recommend it. You don't need to add anything to it. Just drink it as it is.
1: Indeed. Uh, Well, that sounds mighty good. But... uh, in the meantime, Twining's Irish breakfast tea.
2: <laughs> you can't go wrong with can't an go Irish wrong. breakfast can't go wrong. tea.
1: True story.
0: South. Uh, I think I'm the only one drinking coffee. I am drinking a venti uh, skinny vanilla latte from Starbucks in one of their holiday cups. You know, they have officially begun their war on Christmas. But did
2: you go on November 7th to get your free reusable cup with the purchase of a grande holiday drink?
0: No one told me about that. I did not.
2: You missed out. I missed it. Oh, boy. Dang
0: it. Anyway, their new holiday cup says Merry Coffee, and it says, we wish you a merry coffee. Let the war commence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't forget, uh, you and I were both at uh, your current place of uh, employment. When the first uh, Starbucks waged war on Christmas took place, because they took uh, Christmas trees and candy canes off the cup, and it was just red. hmm
2: mm-hmm. I remember yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Satan had a Satan <laughs> had a field day on that. <laughs> Satan was like red. It's my color, the color of hell. Okay, yes. so
2: all you have to do is rearrange some letters yes. and Santa, you get
1: Ladies. yeah, you got Satan. See? That's right. Yeah. See, see, folks, you're worshiping Satan when you look to Santa. Mm. Oh, oh. oh. Mm. could it be Satan? Satan, the church
0: lady, the church lady.
1: That did oh, church lady. Yeah, on SNL. Yeah, SNL. Oh, and Satan, yeah. Satan. <laughs> um. So. All right, get behind the, get behind yeah, me, Satan. Satan
0: or
2: Santa.
1: Or Santa. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess that that, like, that means I go, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I am drinking Yogi herbal tea, chai, rooibos, Uh warming and spicy, sweet and is it smell that?
2: Ooh!
0: We are now all smelling Todd's tea.
2: Let smell me smell it. that again.
1: Does it's, it have clove
0: in it? It, it does, yeah. Ah. Orgous leaf, cardamom, organic cinnamon bark, organic ginger root, organic clove clove. Bud. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it is really, really good. And it's got some stevia leaf in it, too, though I can't really taste the stevia because that's usually extremely sweet. So it must have a saying, minimal, minimal. Okay, so... It is really good. I have to say, it is kind of its spicy, but sweet. It's kind of like...
2: Is your heart strangely warmed? <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> it is strangely warmed. Uh, it's its so warmed that I feel like I'm heading onward to Christian perfection.
2: Mm. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I just have holy heartburn right now, so...
1: <laughs> well, so, so that you all know, I'm on a juice fast currently. Not only am I talking with a weird retainer that has a weird tooth on it um but i'm not quite used to talking with a retainer with a tooth on it in my mouth so forgive the way i sound uh but uh i am on juice fast this is my third week uh and uh i've well as the last time i weighed myself 13 pounds so uh but probably more since then so Yeah, because I've been just weighing myself once a week because otherwise you get the ups and downs of every day and it discourages you. No. No. So, all right. So that is our Hebrews segment, which brings us to our most excellent music segment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so who wants to go first? Sal, you go oh, first. Go first. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I generally talk about
0: music that I'm, I have on repeat as of late. Um, and this kind of goes in with our theme. I'm listening to Andrew Peterson. I don't know if you're familiar with Andrew Peterson. He's a contemporary Christian artist. He's a... Um, He's been around for quite a while. One of his songs was uh, was our reading at our wedding, mm. um, dancing through the minefields. Um, but he's very grounded in scripture. Very like, all of his music is very grounded in his experiences. It's very rooted in scripture, his experiences. Um, but he has a new album that came out. Looking at it, I think it's not necessarily new material. It's just a new album, kind of geared towards Christmas, uh, although. If you look at the order of the the album, it really deals with the time before Christmas, mm. which we'll get into later, mm. Advent, mm. Um, and then pivots on on an instrumental version of uh, "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel," and then goes into um, literally follows the, the nativity story of lineage, oh. the journey, the journey to Bethlehem, the birth. You know, pretty well follows the story. Uh, but one of the song I'm going to talk about is a song called "Deliver Us" uh, from the album, and it really it <clears throat> it's a beautiful song. Uh, it's just guitar and the singer, and singing about really what it means to sit in Advent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it kind of hits on the themes of bondage and slavery. You know, the Jewish story, uh, the Exodus story, um, and then points us towards, well, we're waiting for something. Hmm. So, our enemy, our captor, is no pharaoh on the Nile. Our toil is neither mud nor brick or sand. Our ankles bear no calluses from chains, yet, Lord, we're bound. Imprisoned here, we dwell in our own land. Deliver us, deliver us, O Yahweh, hear our cry and gather us beneath your wings tonight. Our sins, they are more numerous than all the lambs that we slay. Our shackles, they were made with our own hands. Our toil is our atonement and our freedom yours to give. So Yahweh, break this silence if you can. Deliver us, deliver us, O Yahweh, hear our cry, and gather us beneath your wings tonight. And then at the end, it pivots to the voice of God saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I have longed to gather you beneath my gentle wings.
3: Mm.
0: Mm. So it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. And that's that's the Advent season. And that the whole album basically goes through the journey of Advent into Christmas. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. From the
0: Old Testament straight through oh, wow. to the pivot. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That
2: sounds beautiful.
0: Yeah. Then his last his previous two it was kind of a two album um, It was called the Resurrection Letters, and then there was a Resurrection Letters prologue. Mm -hmm. So Resurrection Letters deals with from the moment of the empty tomb Mm -hmm. uh, through, um, you know, Acts, and then the Resurrection prologue deals with uh, his arrest in the garden Mm -hmm. to the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I like that he's done that in the last couple (coughs) albums. He's taken the two major seasons of the church and Mm -hmm. done an album on it. That's pretty
1: cool. I'm and tells great. a story. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'll
0: have to check that out. Me
1: too. Yeah. Rock on. Rock on. So, Amanda, what are you cooking up there?
2: Oh, golly. <laughs> um, we. Li-
1: it's just an odd way of asking. What him, <laughs> what, what music are you <laughs> going to talk about what today? What am I going to
2: talk about? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it might surprise you to know that I don't listen to a whole lot of music, mm-hmm. even though like I was a music major. In that part, That's
1: probably why you don't which listen. Which is why, because <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: it's work. Like yeah. to listen to music is work for me. Um, my brain just goes into like analytical, you know, mode. Um, and in our house, it's really eclectic. So like right now at home, um, I, I have five-year-old twin daughters, um, and one of them loves to listen to Puddle's The Clown, Puddle's Pity Party, <laughs> before bed. The other, we listen to the Pandora, you know, app she just likes calm, meditative music.
1: Ooh, she, I'm with her.
2: Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, but I think, I I love the hymns of the church. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought I'd just share two of my favorite um, Advent yeah. hymns. Yeah. The first, we just sang in church this past Sunday, even though we aren't even to Advent yet. Um, it's written by Kathleen Thomerson in 1966. I want to walk as a child of the light. Mm. Are you familiar with that one? Familiar with Yeah. That so um, it's just this beautiful hymn. I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. And then there are three verses, but the refrain is, um, in him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. And so, I for me, this plus the music is just beautiful. Um, but for me, it really kind of speaks to that, that feeling of Advent of and about Christ. You know who who is and was and is to come. Right? We're singing about the birth of this. Um, person right which happened at this moment of history you know in the past while still looking ahead to the still always looking to the coming of Christ Mm. um so I love this hymn and then my other favorite Advent hymn I never get to sing in church because it's not in our hymnal um but it's the canticle of the turning which we sang at Drew Theological School every Advent. It wasn't Advent until we sang Canticle mm. of the Turning, but it goes very, very fast. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Okay. Um, so, but.
1: So our congregations would get lost in it. <laughs>
2: exactly, that's why we don't sing it in congregations. That's, congreg- a, that's uh, a
1: Craig Chapel. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
2: but, but for me, it's not Advent until you sing the Canticle of the Turning.
1: Just like it's not Christmas until. until...
2: You sing Silent Night. And then Joy to the World. Oh, I was going
1: to say, until Hans Gruber falls off the... <laughs> oh, what? That's right. Die Hard, folks.
2: Uh, right. I haven't seen Die Hard, so maybe you've got the wrong desk here.
0: It's <laughs> The age-old question of whether or not that counts as a
1: Christmas movie.
2: I do know that. I am familiar yep, yep. with that conundrum. But
1: I, but
2: I can't weigh in from my could, own experience.
1: But, so. but you could care less. <laughs> Basically.
2: Basically. Rock on, Amanda.
1: Okay. Well, I guess that brings me to me. Thank you. Um, uh, so, um, my one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite uh, carols, I guess. It's it's weird because it is kind of a Christmas carol, but it is, um, but it's but it has more of an Advent feel to it in some ways because it's of the darkness of it. But it's definitely. Christmas in fact if you understand scripture it happened post Christmas but it's a part of what we read for the Christmas story uh, so it's called <coughs> Coventry Carol it's a medieval hymn uh, and it's a lullaby you're gonna love this <laughs> um, and and the version that I really love is by Knox Arcana and they are an instrumental atmospheric kind of gothic, Ooh. band music and uh, they, they make a whole bunch of different albums with different themes and uh, they did a, a series, a three, three of them actually, uh, Christmas albums where they do uh, some of their own original stuff but then they blend in these like awesome, you know, hymns. Uh, they do Carol the Bells and all, all sorts of different things but, but this one is like one of the more obscure hymns that they pick and so here we go. Lule, thou little tiny child, sleep well, lule, lule, and smile while dreaming, little one. Sleep well, lule, lule. Farewell, lule, lule. O sisters too, what may we do to preserve on this day this poor youngling for whom we sing? Sleep well, lule, lule. Farewell, lule, lule. Herod the king is raging. Set forth upon this day. By his decree, no lives spare he; all children young to slay, all children young to slay. Then woe is me, poor child, for thee, and ever mourn and say, for thy parting never say nor sing, farewell, lule, lule, farewell, lule, lule. And when the stars fill darkened skies and their far ventures stay, and smile as dreaming little one farewell Lule Lule. dream on now or dream now lullay Lule. and so i'm tr- i'm trying to picture singing this lullaby to my little kid as they're going to sleep you know uh, <laughs> it's horrific it is
2: <laughs>
3: but it
1: is the story obviously of king herod killing the innocent children in bethlehem uh in matthew in matthew yeah and uh yeah, so we'll leave that there. That's just a more foreshadowing, ah. <laughs> uh, but that is the that is my choice for for today. So I guess that would be our <clears throat> most excellent music segment. Most excellent, <laughs> most excellent. Which brings us to a one and only segment because we can't do this without you here, uh, called the Roars Dodge Connection. <laughs> <laughs> and um so first off we have to explain that uh I forget which episode it was but it was uh back in May for our uh Sanctifying Grace episode. Mm. Uh it was called From Manure to Mature.
2: <laughs> did he tell the manure story?
1: He did. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. Oh my goodness! Really?
2: This is, this is like one of his all-time favorite sermon illustrations. Oh. Okay. Well, wow. I won't give it away.
1: Yeah. Wow. Mm. Mm. So, so we had uh, Amanda's husband on by the name of Evan Roars Dodge. And so now we have Amanda on, which I've been wanting to do for a long time. And this is the perfect uh, time Aww. to do it. So I'm glad we've got you on. Well, thanks,
2: um, Todd. I'm happy welcome. to be here. Yeah. yeah.
1: Before we go into what I want to talk in this segment, and, and we won't belabor it, but I hear... Ba-dum-bum. I hear that there is something growing, something developing that was dropped on our episode last last uh, month uh, I, in a certain person by the name of Allison.
0: Well, not to say anything in gestational periods.
3: But, <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, he went with Belabored. So. Uh, yes. I did so... go with Belabored. Um, You're so yes.
3: funny.
0: So uh, <clears throat> I did drop some hints last episode last month but I figure at this this point it's safe we're well into the well into it that uh, we announce or well I'm announcing now that Allison and I are expecting our first child.
3: Yay! Yay!
0: Our baby boy.
2: Yay! Oh, okay, know already.
1: We've already got a name picked. And
2: uh Is it uh, John?
1: No, but it's close. Close. Okay. Calvin. Ah! <laughs> uh. <laughs> See, if I have a boy now, I have to compete and call mine Wesley.
2: No, you don't. <laughs> no, no. no, no So
1: very Presbyterian of me. Calvin Nicholas. Calvin Nicholas. Oh,
2: that's
0: beautiful.
1: So, Thank God you didn't name his middle name Hobbes. That's all I'm going to say. Although,
0: um, I did have this discussion with Alice and I. I've been itching since we knew we were pregnant to get a tattoo in honor of the pregnancy. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, Calvin and Hobbs. And then I realized when I when I knew we were getting ha, getting a boy, having a boy, <laughs> well, we were blessed to have, receive a boy.
1: Um, it popped in my head, Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to get a Calvin and Hobbs tattoo. That makes perfect sense. And 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 you can have the Calvin and Hobbs tattoo, and it won't be to the detriment or embarrassment of your son Calvin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so. so what's your middle name? I don't have a middle name. <laughs> no, um, awesome. So, congratulations, Sal. Thanks. And that, my God, I'm going to tear this microphone down at one point. But now we go on to Amanda and the Roars Dodge connection. Yeah. I hear tell there's something growing, yeah. developing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, um, I, well, I'm huge right now. And, um, there, there's. I don't. I, I'm pregnant. I, I don't know how else to say it. I can't find a pun. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that was you, a
0: rather pregnant pause.
2: That was a pregnant pause. There we go. <laughs> yes. So um, I am not only the mother of twin five-year-olds, God but bless I, you. I, I. Yes, right. I've been doubly blessed, but it's been an adventure. I say everything seems to come in pairs for me. I have. I had twins, I have a two-point charge.
1: And now you have know, more twins. But now
2: no, this is oh, only kidding. <laughs> bite your tongue. Get behind me, Sam Santa, <laughs> Santa. 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 <laughs> um they say it's only one. Good. They keep assuring me it's only one. Good. Well, I'm so. praying
1: for I'm praying for one for you. Thank but you. But I'm praying most importantly that that one or more are healthy. Yes. 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 yes.
2: So far so good. Um we are due. She is due um, to arrive three days before Ash Wednesday, Ooh. so rock on. Didn't plan that very well.
1: Well, I think by by the time labor and delivery comes around, yeah. you'll feel like throwing, you know, uh, Ash and sackcloth over. There we go. <laughs> yeah, like, Maybe Evan.
3: Why? Evan, go see you. <laughs> that's
1: right, repent. That's right. repent, repent for your sins, Evan. <laughs> The power of Christ compels, compels you. you.
2: <laughs> yes, but we're 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 very very happy and excited, and um, so for both of my pregnancies now, I have been ripe with child during this Advent season. That's which
1: awesome, sort of,
2: sort of, yeah. I mean, well, but it kind of puts everything into a whole new light, you know, for the church. Then, as I'm standing up before them as their pastor and preacher talking about the coming of the Christ child with my (laughs) swollen ankles and, you know, kind of brings it to life a little bit. True story. In
1: fact, you can tell the Mary and Elizabeth story with expertise.
2: Yes, (laughs) I can. (laughs) And and a little bit of the Sarah story from uh, Genesis. I have to
1: say, as a man, like, I can tell the Mary-Elizabeth story but, you know, it's kind of like somebody trying to tell the story of face planting and losing a tooth, but they never have. Yes. Um, you know, like, so it's like I can tell the story. I know the story. I believe the story. <laughs> but I really have no personal experience to go with it. It's altogether
2: different to live it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, and I mentioned the Sarah story because that's, I, I um, when we found out our, was pregnant with twins, it was totally unexpected. And when um, we were in the doctor's office and they were doing the scan and they said, oh, and here's baby B. All I could do was laugh. Like I was laughing hysterically and shouting, oh my God, oh my God. So loud that a nurse came running in to like (laughs) make sure everything was okay. You know, I'm like, so Sarah laughing at the tent flap has...
1: That makes sense. May, yeah. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I can
2: resonate with Sarah. Yeah. Um so So let me
1: ask this, because this is the point of this particular segment. <laughs> so being that you're pregnant, that would also betray that you are a woman.
2: Yes.
1: That that that's pretty established. Mm-hmm. Um uh, uh, so she, her, hers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, she yeah. her hers. Um, Those are my pronouns.
1: So Let me ask this. What is it like being a woman and a pastor? And then to add on top of it, what's it like being a woman and a pastor and pregnant? Because I bet people are in for a surprise on this.
2: Yeah, well, you know, and first, I mean, let me preface, of course, by saying that my experience is my own experience. And so I can't speak for all female pastors and can't speak for all pregnant female pastors. Um... But there's definitely um, it's well it's different. For starters, um, you know, I'm I'm also married to a pastor. Yes. So I am I am a pas- I am a pastor and I'm a pregnant pastor and I am a pastor's wife, you know. Yeah. Um and so like just people ask me all sorts of questions that they would never ask. Uh, my husband so especially like going through the process of ordination or when you meet a congregation for the first time there's a lot of questions about balancing how are you going to balance being a pastor and being a mother you know Um, which I don't think he's ever been asked how do you balance being a father and a pastor
1: so men have to balance family and job too I mean whoa whoa
2: (laughs) imagine that
1: I can tell you I've never been asked that. As a man, I've I can never, say I've, I've never, never been, been asked. asked that. Never How do asked. you
2: balance work and family yeah. life?
1: Yep.
2: Um, and then there's just, there's a part, you you are on display, like completely on mm. display. And people will ask you all sorts of questions and comment on your size. Mm. <laughs> That they I can will, say
1: I've had happen to me. They but will ask, different reasons. Um, they will <laughs>
2: ask, "Are you well?" For me, since I have the twins, yeah. You know, are you sure it's just the one? You know, especially <laughs> yeah. as I get bigger yeah. and bigger. Um, maternity leave. Ooh, trying to navigate that. Mm. You know, and kind of approaching it with some apprehension, as because I am the first. I'm not the first female pastor at my appointments, but I am the first pregnant female pastor. Mm. So, um, they've been incredibly, you know, understanding, um, no pushback about maternity leave that I've experienced, but I know from others that there can be considerable pushback, um, about maternity leave and calling it vacation, and it's,
1: so it's definitely
2: not. not and so it's not
1: just the Presbyterian Church that struggles with that. No. And the no. funny thing is, is they wouldn't call their own pregnancy a vacation. Right. No. But it's a vacation for you. Right. Because you're the pastor.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, <laughs> and having to be really firm about setting boundaries, mm. you know, mm. especially while that that time you're away. Um. But. But there is something I think beautifully unique if. If you're in a like a good appointment, you know to use Methodist term, like you've got built in community
3: mm.
2: like right there
3: yeah
2: I know like I know this child, this little girl is being born into a community that has been praying for her and already loves her mm. like before. She has even, you know, left my womb simply because she's mine, you know, and and to um, not a whole lot of people, especially these days, I think can say that to know like they're bringing a child into a warm and loving community that's Mm. just ready to embrace them. Um, And like, I think that's beautiful.
1: But yeah, and yeah. let me ask, um, well, have you seen the video where, where uh, I forget who, it was a Methodist, it was North Carolina, I want to say, Yeah. and they put mm-hmm. out this video of all these different uh, men reading you know, comments that women pastors have to Deal endure, mm-hmm. and I'll post it, if I can find it yeah. again, I'll post it on the episode notes, because it is jaw-dropping. I mean, like, to as a man, you sit there and you listen to this, and you're like, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they said, what? <laughs> oh, absolutely.
2: <laughs> you know? um, I once had someone, a male parishioner, tell me that um, he envisioned the two of us walking hand in hand into the kingdom of God together. And that was um, mm. majorly creepy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Majorly creepy. I don't think... Um,
1: I do envision... I don't think
2: you would have to worry about that. someone saying that. <laughs>
1: No. I do secretly envision walking hand in hand with Evan, with uh, Evan. and, and sure. Sal on either side, <laughs> you know, like the, the
2: to the sunset, <laughs> <Into> the
1: sunset. <laughs> yeah. but that's, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like
2: <laughs> why would you think that's an okay thing to say, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and, and I've certainly had comments made to me about my children because <clears throat> they are with me almost every Sunday.
0: Do they feel like they can tell you how to parent?
2: Sometimes. Yes sometimes yeah. you know or um kind somewhat recently a comment was made by how um they suppose i have no choice but to bring them since my husband is also a pastor but i'm like way to make my kids feel welcome yeah. way well, to make me feel welcome i
1: do have a choice i want them here. i
2: want them <laughs> That's here right.
1: That's
2: and right. so does everybody That's, else
0: <laughs> that seems to be a common thing because we heard that last episode from ryan that hmm. you know, there's a lot of pushback around clergy children because oh yeah it's there's it's, an expectation that they're going to be perfect children and right. often they are not
1: it's tough to be a pk oh yeah
0: yeah
2: my one daughter is particularly precocious and um she has been known to interrupt the sermon at times to say, or the introduction. You know, when you step in the pulpit and say, good morning, I'm Amanda, and I'm the pastor here. One Sunday, she threw her hands in the air. She said, no, I'm the pastor here.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: So <laughs> she... But then, I, but then I have parishioners who very, like, endearingly call them, are their associate pastors. Yeah, so, yeah. it's it's a mixed bag, but...
1: Yeah, not everybody treats you
2: right. With yeah.
1: disrespect or treats your kids that way, right. but but certainly you you deal with it in a level that I mean, let's put it this way. All pastors All pastors deal with Yes. I'm just going to say it, bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> okay? There's no other way to put it. All pastors deal with bullshit.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> but adding to the fact that you're a female mm-hmm. and then add on to that a pregnant female yes. Um, that, that just brings it to a different level than I think most men go through. And it's
0: surprising how many men there, you do see the movement now for equality and Mm -hmm. gender, gender equality, Mm -hmm. especially in the professional realm, except for pastoral. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Like it's the one place for men who may support gender equality in other places, but when it comes to a female pastor, you get comments like you've experienced or
1: yeah or 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 worse, or worse. they only yeah. get worse <laughs> right sadly I, yeah.
2: yeah i mean i consider myself pretty lucky in that i haven't experienced too much um like blatant sexism
1: as of yet <laughs> yeah
2: al- although i have i mean even at the the district level mm. you know i was told um by A member of the committee, like, don't come so pregnant next time. When I was pregnant with the girls. Really? Um, Yeah.
1: I hope they got reamed out after you walked out of the room. Like, wow. They
2: shall remain nameless. Of course, Um, yeah. But, you know, just the things people think are okay to say for some reason that are really, really out of line and hurtful. Yeah,
1: wow. Um, Now, do you get people wanting to touch your belly?
2: Actually, people have been really respectful about that. Go Thank your goodness. church. Your church yes. rocks.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. So. Good. Um, because that, that's a whole other thing. Right. People just assume. Oh, baby, like, I can yes. just put my hands on that. Yeah. I it's have, like.
2: Yeah. No, I actually haven't experienced that at all.
1: Good. Good.
2: With either of my pregnancies. Good. Yeah, so. and
1: you were in a different appointment. Uh, I was in a appointment. different appointment, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, when I had the girls, had the twins. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Kudos to them.
1: Well, rock on. hands off. So So I hear tell that you'll bring more of the Roars Dodge Dodge. connection in our bonus segment.
2: Sure. So
1: for those of you who are riding on the coattails of free podcasts, you might want to consider paying two or five Mm or ten dollars. Like we said, it could be the matter of a coffee. It could be the matter of a latte. Or it could be the matter of just one pie of pizza a month that you give up so you can support our podcast. Woo-hoo. And uh, you'll probably be healthier at the end of that, too. So it's, I think it's a win-win, personally. That's good. Um, but, but if you do, you'll get to hear the other end of the Roar's Dodge oh, connection. Oh, is that
2: how it works? That's
1: how it works, yeah. Oh! Yep. Yeah.
2: I see, I see. I I just want to I'm new to the whole podcast thing.
1: Yeah. So... You made your debut on the God and Whiskey podcast, yes, didn't you?
2: I did with my husband, Evan. Yeah,
1: that was so much fun.
2: And um and I will i I'm toying with the idea of starting my own. So Do it. <laughs> I know. In which case it will be called Mama Pastor. Yeah. So that's yeah. my like Instagram hashtag. So do it. Mama Pastor.
1: I, oh, I'm totally, ins- I'm, I'm pulling for you. I'm, like, I'm waiting for Mama Pastor to come out, and I will I listen. I just need Evan's I will subscribe. Help. I
2: just need Evan's help to get it set up, because oh, I'm technologically challenged. He'll help so. you, yeah.
1: yeah. And once you get the hang of it, it's not terrible. Yeah. So I say. So you say. <laughs> um, so that brings us to... That brings us to...
0: Tales from the Dark Side.
1: Now, you wouldn't know by that title that we're actually going to be talking about Advent and Christmas.
2: Yay! (laughs) Woo!
1: So remember, Santa spells Satan. Yes. Yeah?
2: Mm -hmm. It's an anagram for Satan. (laughs)
1: Satan. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) uh, well, I guess I'll I'll, I'll start off with my my take on advent and christmas as a pastor in a church and then amanda i know you have some things I'm, you want to just kind of yeah, unleash on us
2: i do but let i want to hear what you have okay. to say first
1: <laughs> so last year i was uh uh preaching in my church doing a sermon series on uh the it's called i think i called it <clears throat> the inn mm-hmm. but it was about the inn of our heart like letting you know like you know, we we talked about the story of Jesus not being let into the inn, and uh, in what ways do we close the door on Jesus in in our heart? Uh-huh. And so I did that throughout Advent, uh, through Christmas Eve, and I did it uh, one Sun, the Sunday following, uh, the first Sunday after Christmas, uh, or first Sunday of Christmas, and. Uh, or actually, it would be the second Sunday of C- whatever. Anyway, um, and it's amazing the pushback I got because mm-hmm. I, I purposefully and intentionally did not talk or focus on cuddly, warm, cute baby Jesus, or or the story as it, as it is traditionally told, but rather I told it in a way that is second coming related, mm. you know, cause we're, we're in Advent right now, right? Like mm-hmm. as we wait for the return of Jesus, who's not going to come back as a warm, cuddly baby, but as sovereign Lord, <laughs> you know, so there's a, there's a big difference there. And, um, so I, I, uh, so yeah, so I got a lot of pushback and people were upset because a, I picked Advent hymns in Advent they wanted to hear Christmas hymns. Yeah. But my, my objection to that is that we're not at Christmas yet. Like Christmas happens on the 24th and 25th. That's when that, that is mm-hmm. appropriate to do Christmas hymns. Before that is the waiting leading up to Christmas, which is why we call Advent, Advent. waiting. And people didn't like that because they wanted their commercially friendly mm-hmm. Christmas experience, and uh, so you know what I did for this year. What did you do? Planned all Advent hymns for Advent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not budging, folks. Yeah. You would, you would, they would get upset with me if I started uh, doing Easter hymns during Lent. Yeah, you know, like if on uh, Ash Wednesday we sang "Christ the Lord is Risen Again," it yeah. doesn't fit the season.
2: <laughs> well, and I think part of that, you know, well, unlike. Yes, there is a commercial side of Easter, you know, yeah. but it's 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 not as bad, no. you know, as Christmas. Yeah. So, I mean, Christmas is essentially two different...
0: There's secular um, Christmas. Yeah, there's secular and
2: Christmas, Christmas and there's religious... Cri- there's Christian Christmas yeah. um, and secular Christmas. And as everything has sped up um, on the commercial side of things, right, where... As soon as <laughs> Halloween was
0: right.
2: not even over, you yeah. know, Christmas stuff was going this up in the, the stores. This is the season
0: that companies make up for the rest of the year.
2: Right? Um, you know, it, it is it is hard to not get caught up in it. Get, thank you. Get caught up in it, and yet, and then on, I also think we just don't have a great understanding in many of our local congregations about advent because for protestants it's a still a relatively new practice yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. um so while it was based so really like around the third or fourth century definitely by the fifth century advent was established mm-hmm. you know in the church uh, mostly linked as a preparatory time for baptism because christmas became like a feast day and a day for baptism Um, within Protestant traditions it wasn't until the liturgical revival of like the second half even like last third of the 20th century century.
3: um,
2: that we had advent um, and you know coming out of this liturgical revival from vatican ii in which both the catholic church and protestant churches decided to take a look at our roots and really get back to our christian roots so we don't have a really rich history of understanding or practicing advent And um, I think, like, there needs to be more teaching around what it is, what this season is about.
1: Um, Historically speaking, I think the Protestants didn't have that built in because scripturally speaking, there's no direct call for for celebrating. The early Christians didn't celebrate it, like you said, fourth, maybe fifth century, uh, you know, when Constantine said, oh, look. We're going to make Rome Christian, but that's only 20% of our population. 80% are still pagan. And all of a sudden, they're you know, pagans are still celebrating Saturnalia and, and worshiping the sun, S-U-N, uh, and the coming of the sun. And, you know, a uh, light bulb went off in Constantine's head <laughs> and said, well, gee, we have a sun, S-O-N, you know, so maybe we could blend the two together and everybody's celebrating at the same time for different reasons. Why not? You know, because historically speaking, Jesus wasn't even born in the dead of winter. Right. <laughs> There's yeah. no cattle or shepherds in the field in the dead of winter.
2: And definitely no snow. And
1: yeah. definitely the no snow. The snow
2: did not lay on the ground no, no. on Christmas morning. It was Sorry. not a
1: white Christmas. <laughs> You're
0: right. It <laughs> yeah. was early spring.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah. With, with,
0: it, And if you look at like someone like John Calvin, even Calvin was not against the idea of Advent. Um. He didn't think it was necessarily necessary, but he didn't have a problem with it. He, um, he's associated with not liking it because when he came into Geneva, there were, the church in Geneva had already said, "Nope, that's too Catholic. Mm. We're not going to do it." Mm. Um, so yeah, our population that I deal with nowadays, the pushback I get is they just refuse to participate because that's too Catholic. And it mm. wasn't
1: till like the late nineteenth century to the turn of the century when Queen Victoria came Mm. in and popularized Christmas Christmas. and putting the tree up in the house. and I mean, that was an old pagan thing to do, Mm -hmm. put up trees and and evergreen to keep the evil spirits away. But all of a sudden, Queen Victoria really liked this idea of putting up Christmas trees and celebrating Christmas and and blending the two Mm -hmm. uh, traditions together and then christmas cards became popular and then uh, and you, you know think
2: dickens yeah dickens, dickens and
1: and the, also the popularization of santa claus mm-hmm. which uh, came out of twas the night before christmas and some of these you know and but that's that's
2: yes and coca-cola and coca-cola
1: and that's very very new it's very yeah. new like you said really by the time it was fully developed into a thing it was the 20th century right. late 20th century
2: and now here yeah. we are with
1: Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, m- mid to late 20th century. Yeah. It's 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 not So, one of the things that I also think that upsets people about advent is the darkness. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel very Christmassy. I mean, we're talking about hope and peace and joy and love,
2: which hold on. Mm-hmm. Pause. Can I just say mm-hmm. that that was added really quite recently. Yeah. I couldn't find an exact date. I want to guess like the 70s okay. um, is my guess. Maybe the 80s. Um, but because if you look at the revised common lectionary readings, mm-hmm. those aren't the, the no. themes of those passages. And so if you're looking at the revised common lectionary, Do we all? We all. Yeah.
1: Well, we all know. We know. Do
2: your listeners know what that is? Some
1: may. Some may not.
2: Well, okay. So the Revised Common Lectionary is a three-year cycle of um, scripture readings that cover a majority of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, But so they're, they're prescribed scripture readings, and they are set, and they just rotate every three years. For Advent, it's. They're so not Christmassy, They're right? Not, they don't yeah. they don't fit, which is why a lot of pastors now don't follow the lectionary for Advent. They do more sermon series. Yeah. Um, but like the first Sunday of Advent is always an apocalyptic text yes. about the end times.
1: About the second coming. The, yes, the <laughs> yes. second coming. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right after Christ the King Sunday. Now it's the second coming. This apocalyptic. Um, Text often quoting some of the Hebrew prophets. Yeah. the second week is always John the Baptist. always John the Baptist. The third week might be Mary, that's when you get your pink candle Yeah, your pink yep. um, or it might be John the Baptist again because you
1: John John part do.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I so side note. With the party on John, you're mm-hmm. you're. I wasn't sure if you were referring to John Wesley and John Calvin or like John the Baptist or the Gospel of John. Like there's so many Johns yeah, to choose yeah. from. Yeah. So you've got John the Baptist. You might have Mary if it's the Lucan year. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth week is kind of like a hodgepodge. Yeah. So I was after that. Then someone came mm-hmm. up with this. Oh, well, let's do peace, hope, love. Joy, you know, mm-hmm. instead, at least that gets us moving.
1: It gets, it, it puts a feel of Christmas yes. in there. Yes. But, but I would argue that even that, the idea of looking to hope, mm-hmm. looking to uh, p- peace, looking to joy, mm-hmm. looking to love, love, I think what makes that so powerful mm-hmm. is because we're lying in wait in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tales from the dark side. Right. <laughs> we're, 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 we are <clears throat> lying in wait in darkness. And by and large, without Christ reigning over all of us, Mm -hmm. and uh, and without the kingdom of God being supreme on earth as it is in heaven, Mm -hmm. uh, we are in this really nasty, messed up, dark, crazy world where we long for Mm -hmm. peace and, or for hope and peace and joy and love. Mm -hmm. Um, And Christmas is is the culmination of all of those things, and then some, in a little baby, baby. boy. But even then, my friends, mm-hmm. just because the light has entered into the darkness does not mean, yes, the darkness never snuffs the light, but it doesn't say the darkness goes away, either. Right. <laughs> the <laughs> darkness is still very much there, <clears throat> a.k.a. Coventry Carol and Herod. <laughs> so, made me think of the
0: opening of the gospel of john
2: yes exactly yeah
0: yeah yeah um all things came into being through him and without him not one day came into being what has come into being in him was life Mm -hmm. and the life was the light of all people the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh but it doesn't negate the darkness it's still there it's still there it just
2: doesn't overcome it well and i think you know we carry that imagery of light, you know, all through advent with the tradition of lighting advent candles, you know, and it's it's really just a way of marking time. Um, yeah. But as we get closer and closer to Christmas, there's more light. We're coming closer to that inbreaking, yeah. right? Yeah. Of of the Son of God, the light of the world, Jesus. So I also
1: think there's some privilege and some yeah, some privilege built into this too, right? We have, for the most part in my congregation, mm-hmm. I don't know about yours, but certainly in mine, for the most part, there's always exceptions, but we have pretty privileged people. People mm. who have maybe didn't start off privileged, all of them, but they've gotten to this place of living comfortably and everything's going well and they just want their consumeristic experience of... of going through and singing the Christmas hymns, talking about baby Jesus, bringing their family members who only come once or twice a year, and then going on with the rest of their lives. And they don't stop to think about the people who are lying in the darkness, waiting for hope and for peace Mm -hmm. and for joy and for love to fill them. Uh, You and I had a conversation, Amanda, you were talking about, well, the very thing of being pregnant and being a mother.
2: Right. So that, of course, we know... December can be a really challenging time for a lot of people, um, even just without Christmas, Mm -hmm. um, because of the just season of the year, the darkness outside, the way that affects, you know, can affect people's uh, mental and emotional health. But then when you throw this holiday and both aspects, the secular and the religious, into the mix, it can really be a struggle for people who are grieving and grieving in all sorts of ways. But like I was thinking after we had talked this morning, Todd, about how, you know, with Christmas also there's such an emphasis on family. <laughs> right? And that comes not from not from the Christian understanding of Christmas. That's from the secular yes. side of things. And it's a and it's a good thing, this emphasis on family. But if you don't have family,
3: Mm.
2: if you've lost a loved one, um, you know, this is why we have longest night services, but especially if um, for the population of women and their partners who have experienced miscarriage or infertility, um, you know, hearing about this miraculous birth of this baby it might not be good news for them. Right. Um and so there's a whole nother level of um grief, you know, compounded grief, that a a good number of people carry with them yeah. throughout yeah. the season. And so I think it's really important um, as pastors especially that we be sensitive to that. Um, because we don't know what our parishioners have experienced or maybe we have experienced loss ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this time of year when we're when we are celebrating this miraculous birth, right and maybe even recounting other scriptural stories, mm-hmm. um, this is a whole type scene that you find throughout the Bible. like Jesus, Jesus's story is unique because his mother was a virgin, yeah, you know.
1: That's the unique part. That's
2: the unique part mm-hmm. that sets his story aside from all the other Annunciation stories that happen with Abraham and Sarah, with um, Elisha, with Hannah, yep. with then Elizabeth um, and Zechariah. Um
1: And Samson's mother, even. Yes. I knew I was missing one. Samson
2: is another one. You know, like, they're all over the Bible, Mm -hmm. these miraculous birth narratives. Um, And so it can be, and I've done it myself, it can be really tempting to, like, lift up these stories Mm
1: -hmm.
2: during this season. But in so doing, you could be causing great pain yeah
1: who are you leaving behind when you do that exactly and so you
2: have to make room so the year that i did um focus on on these um stories these women because i wanted to lift up the women Mm -hmm. right of advent um i made sure instead of like a longest night you know blue christmas we had a very um special, I should say, service specifically for women who had lost um, pregnancies or, you know, young children um, for whom these stories might have been painful for. And um, we called it Rachel's Circle because of that passage, you know, a voice is crying for Rama, Mm -hmm. Rachel weeping for her children. And it was a time for us to share our stories about our children that we had lost. Um, I had a miscarriage before the twins. It was very early, but it was a great loss, you know, for me, and a, one that I carried through many Advent seasons, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. until I had my twins. Um, but this service provided us the opportunity to tell our stories, to remember our children, um, and, I mean, I, I pray that it was a little bit of healing mm-hmm. time um, because it's in the Christmas season. It's all around, right? Yeah, yeah it's
1: the stockings all everywhere. stockings
2: are, you know, that are hung and yeah. the presents under the tree. And, and pictures of babies everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So I would just, like, if you just be gentle with with people <laughs> during the hey. season um, because it can be really painful for mm. for those who have <clears throat> experienced loss.
0: I was going to bring up the, the whole longest night uh, tradition and ask you guys if you had done that in my work <clears throat> as a chaplain,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: especially in a senior community. Mm. Um, Advent for me has always had that darker, darker tone. And for slightly different reason, reasons, because if you work in healthcare, uh, you pick up these trends and nurses will tell you, chaplains will tell you the, the span between Thanksgiving and Christmas day, mm-hmm. and then Ash Wednesday and Easter, there is generally a spike. Uh, you incur occur a lot more death,
1: often significant significant spike in yeah. mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, you're a lot more attuned to it uh, because of the spiritual religious mm-hmm. <clears throat> tone around the season. Um, I think last last Christmas, last Advent season was especially high for us. We lost, I want to say, twenty. 20 mm-hmm. residents in the span of Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve. I mean, when you think about that's that, incredible. that, that's
1: yeah. incredible. Yeah. We, we averaged like three deaths a week. Yeah, um, But it's all about warm and fuzzy, it's baby, fuzzy Jesus.
3: baby
0: Jesus. <laughs> right. um, so yeah, so every <clears throat> I do a community service uh, where we recognize folks who've passed in the last six months. So I always do one. It always just ends up being at Christmas time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So I do do Longest Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to do it as close to the longest night as possible. Um, Sometimes I call it blue Christmas. Sometimes I call it longest night. Mm -hmm. um, Where I say, yes, this is a serious service to recognize the folks we've lost in the community. But it's also, I have candles that I put Mm -hmm. on the table. Mm -hmm. And I invite folks up and say, okay, now if you have someone that you've lost, whether it's a pregnancy a job uh, it's just a, an intensified season of grief like okay. you said and so we come i give them space to name that grief yeah. uh alice and i for example we, we also lost mm. a pregnancy um i'm talking to my hands sorry <laughs> we lost a pregnancy as well and that was so this is our first christmas mm. uh with being pregnant so i'm sure that's going to be i'll have to ask alice how that is yeah um but, so, for me, focusing on the the waiting of advent really is uh waiting for hope because um, it's you can preach hope in a in a pulpit and like you said you don't know, you don't know what people are suffering or experiencing. I know what people are experiencing because I walk them through it
3: mm-hmm.
0: um and so the- a- advent season for me is well, heightened because. Uh, I, wa- I have actively walked people to the grave yeah. during that. To be
1: fair, pastors don't just preach from the pulpit. We do walk right. with our congregation yes. members. Yeah, <laughs> And there is, uh, I mean, there's, I think, death spikes at that time of year across the board. You see it much more because you're you're in a place with a ton of older people who are, you know, living out the rest of their lives. So that, you know, not everybody who goes to my church is, is of the same age, but... There I all. that time of year, all the time. There's and not mm-hmm. just
2: old like tragic unexpected right. deaths. Like my th- my three most tragic deaths all occurred within weeks of Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: and a big death <sighs> for me happened shortly thereafter, at the very beginning of January.
2: Yeah. So it, yeah. It, yeah, that heightened
0: There's a heightened heightened awareness of it. You know, it's definitely heightened for me in just the context of my ministry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Heightened for you guys as pastors. I wasn't trying to say that you I know. experience yeah, no, we that. know. We know, we um, know. I know. It's just my context. It's heightened. It's more focused. That's my ministry. My ministry is right now is walking people to the grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And reminding them that even as they go to the grave, that there's still hope.
2: Well, and our hope is in resurrection, yeah. right? Which I think is... Uh, I was thinking about this earlier, you know, and how even, um, let's see, shoot, it's afternoon on a Thursday, so my brain is, is, um, getting fuzzy. I need more tea, Todd, need more tea, um, but, like, that's, that, that,
1: Thank you. I ask, and you
2: shall receive. There's um, winter, right? This season, we talked about how, like, there's it's it's not a coincidence that Advent and Christmas happens when it happens in the seasonal year, right? Um, but to think about how this is a time, yes, when when certain things die where they appear dormant, mm-hmm. right? But it the whole world, at least in the northern hemisphere, nature itself is in this season of waiting.
3: Yeah.
2: And preparing for the new thing that God is going to do oh, when the sun yeah. comes when the sun comes up.
1: Cuz the light um, has diminished, too. Yeah. Oh, it gets <laughs> darker out. Right? Oh, and, and, but
2: but with with spring, like our our seasons follow this pattern of, mm-hmm. of resurrection, mm-hmm. you could say. Just as, you know, we follow the story, and so yes, there's there there has to be death before that there is resurrection, mm-hmm. right? And but that's our hope as Christians. It's in the resurrection. Right. Amen. And it's in the second coming of Christ. Amen. So you have to walk through this season of waiting and darkness but it's preparing you for what's coming next. Yes, yes. And
0: I've taken to pointing to Easter the last couple advents because um, we wait the arrival of not just the baby Jesus, but, well, it's all in vain
1: if that's all it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: If we're just waiting for the baby Jesus, we're actually wait, waiting, and we say it in our our Eucharist liturgies, whether it's Presbyterian or Methodist mm-hmm. we say it. We proclaim this message until He comes again. We're not just waiting yeah. for the baby Jesus; we're waiting for Easter, yeah, and yeah. resurrection. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And there's and there's um, there's a passage in the Gospel of John. I I'm very Johannine. I love the, I gospel. Love the gospel. I love yeah. the Gospel of yeah. John. Um, and it's a passage I stumbled upon by accident, and I've preached um, several times. But it has, it, it's, it is rich with this birthing imagery, which is what drew me to it. I thought, oh, I'd never heard Jesus talk like this before. Um, but it's part of his farewell discourse in the Gospel of John, and he, Jesus uses the image Um, He says, you know, when a woman is in labor, she will weep and mourn, for her hour has come. Mm. But once she has given birth and sees the new life, right, new life that has been brought into the world, she will forget everything else. So great will be her joy. And it's
1: true. I can attest. And it's
2: true. And then Jesus says, (laughs) and so it will be for you. I'm Mm. leaving now, and you will have pain and suffering but I will return and no one can take that joy yeah, from you. Yeah, yeah, And I just think it's such a beautiful passage to link, right? Like the season of Advent and this waiting, you know, and with all of its birth imagery for good or for, you know, pain, with this hope, you know, resurrection to say, God is birthing a new thing in all of us. Yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. But, and there will come a time when no one can take that joy from you.
1: I think so. it's that is perfect. That's beautiful. Thank you. See? We need to have Amanda on the show more often. Yeah. Um get a couple
0: of preachers together, though. <laughs> Mama Mama Pastor. Mama
1: Pastor. <laughs> I, I'm I'm I am totally I'm petitioning for Mama Pastor yeah. podcast. Okay. I really want to hear it. Um I guess it's a good time for us to kind of Practicing well up. since we'll say it like Sal dropped the uh, hint last time, you know, to Wrap up or um, bring to an end. <laughs> um, but no, it, Amanda, it has been an absolute joy oh, having you here.
2: Thank you. Thank um, you.
1: When when we had Evan here back in in uh, May, we we said actually we said it on the podcast we need to get amanda in here so
2: well thank you it has been a joy and a pleasure as well
0: we won't say who's the better half
2: thank you
1: but we all know but But we know
0: (laughs) 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 um
1: it is it has been a pleasure i we wish you the best of luck and uh and for a healthy baby baby one (laughs) one just One. one um And uh, certainly a restful, if you can have it, a restful um, (laughs) maternity maternity leave, (laughs) and don't let anybody talk you out of it. Because no, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but but we trust that everything will go well. And same thing with you, Sal and Allison. We're very
0: are expecting early May. Right around the time of our anniversary, so oh,
1: so literally May first, right? May first. Yeah. So May Day, yeah, May Day. I, <laughs> can I, can I, I don't know if I've told Allison that, but I'm really praying that he comes on May the fourth. So oh. gonna... oh. <laughs> oh. now
2: that I do get yes, yes, Padawan Calvin. May the fourth be with you.
1: That would be awesome. Yeah, so just a three day wait. Yeah. That's not too yes. long to ask for, is it, Amanda? No. Well, I don't. <laughs> I feel like as a man I really can't say whether it is or not. Every
2: woman is different.
1: Amen. Amen. Not See, even yeah. even Amanda's not going there.
3: That's
1: right. That's Every right. woman is different. So, um, no, but uh, it, it, again, just a pleasure having you. We hope that you'll come back on uh, somewhere down mm-hmm. the road when, you know, things are settled. And, yes, uh, you
2: I'd know, love to. Yeah, it would
1: be great. Um, so, Sal, uh, what would we like them to check out before we sign off?
0: So before we sign off, we want you to go out and check out partyonjohn.org, check out patreon.com. Yeah. Give us a like there. You know, throw us a couple, uh, couple bucks there for a go a latte. Uh, mm-hmm. Check out uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, but also when you when you when you find us on apple music whatever you get us like us because that's how yeah we get the message out
1: and honestly if you find us anywhere else like us like us, review us review and us. don't forget to check out our facebook page think too. Our facebook um and all those links by the way are in the episode Note. notes uh so yeah uh rock on so uh guys uh, i guess we'll say one final bye to the uh to the mic bye bye, mike. bye. bye. see you later mike Uh, So, uh, remember, be excellent to each other. And don't be a jerk. Rock on. Rock on.